What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Libby. We're getting ready to talk about Michigan's final June official visit weekend. We're going to preview Jeremiah Beasley's decision, and we're going to talk about Michigan's newest commit. Before we do that, I want to invite you guys to subscribe to the Wolverine.com today for just $99 for an entire year. That gets you premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, uh, transfer portal, NIL, and you get to be part of a great message board community over on the fort. With more than 8,000 unique individual users, come subscribe today. If you're not subscribed to this YouTube channel, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is completely free. And Zach Libby will be streaming the Jeremiah Beasley announcement tomorrow so if you're not a subscriber make sure to subscribe to the youtube page that's free don't miss alerts on any new videos that drop and like this video it helps us get in front of other michigan fans remember this is the tuesday show and not the wednesday show so if you do have a question you have to hit the donate button that's a super chat that allows us to um, answer your question and the money we receive allows us to travel around the country and see top prospects and top targets. So uh, I think that about covers everything. Zach, how's your week going? Um, outside of the air quality around Michigan, it's uh, it's been a pretty good Tuesday. Um, July, dead period's underway, and um, we got more commits coming maybe. Yep, dead period is on the way, but that doesn't mean things uh, will slow down in terms of commitments. July could be... Very busy for the Wolverines, despite having 23 commits already. A few key July decisions coming up. Some prospects looking to make uh, their announcements soon. So obviously you have Jeremiah Beasley tomorrow. You have Michael Weenie in a couple of days. Aaron Scott's looking at maybe July. Jacob Smith is looking at maybe July. So there's uh, still a lot of guys out there. Jordan Ship has a July 16th date. So that's off the top of my head. So July should be busy, but Michigan did add another commit this weekend in Dominic Nichols, four-star edge out of Maryland, a guy that I'm very familiar with and I'm sure I could go on for a while about. So, you know, Zach, I've been on the Dominic Nichols bandwagon for a while. I was the first one to put in a prediction back in April. Obviously, he committed uh, here on Sunday. I know you haven't had a chance to see Nichols in person, but – just kind of give me your overall thoughts on this win for the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, it's good to get an edge guy out of the DMV. I mean, he's one of two edge rushers out of the DMV that Michigan got this month, which was great considering the uh, tough losses that Michigan saw at good council. So get, landing him, Galenia's commitment was huge for uh, pass rush specialist Dylan Roney. Uh, defensive line coach Mike Elson did an awesome job on every visit. Um, and in terms of how he plays, I know he's going to be like a bigger edge rusher. Um, I know you mentioned in your article when he committed that um, some schools saw him as like a, as a four eye or a five tech. And he has shown on film to do that, but I think he'll be at his best, you know, with a solid weight gain right now, he's at two forty, but a solid weight gain, um, you know, that doesn't interfere with his motor and his um, vision and awareness upfield. So I think he's going to be situated best as a quarterback, you know, a sack artist. So I think this is a solid win. Obviously, they got Devin Baxter, too, is from that area. So, um, you know, quite a 
quite a solid haul for Dylan Roney, who we have seen this offseason has, has proven to be a really, really good recruiter, um, both in terms of the football aspect and just developing relationships. I really like Dominic Nichols. I think on three is the only recruiting service that has him ranked as a four-star prospect. I have him ranked in that range as well. I think the other three sites have him uh, as a high three-star. So his industry ranking is a four-star because on three bumps it up a little bit. But everybody kind of agrees here for the most part, even on on three is a low four-star. So he's in that high three, low four range for everyone. Um, I, again, I like him in that low four range, um, right on the cusp of, of being a top 300 guy, in my opinion. I really like uh, Nichols on film. When the motor's on, it's on. Um, he gets after the quarterback. He's at his best when he can, can pin his ears back and do that. He does have the body type to add some really good weight. So I know he's listed at 240 on the on three profile. He's actually um, – at around 250, 255 right now. So he's added some really good weight this offseason already. So you're you're seeing the jump from junior to uh, senior year. I know somebody commented that 24-7 has him as a three-star. They do not. Uh, that is the composite, which is a weighted thing like the industry ranking is. So you can see here on the rankings uh, tool that on three uses, which is really cool because you can see what the sites rate them and not just what the average is. Um, the individual other three recruiting services all have him as a high three star. Um, so on three is the highest on nickels out of the services. But when you look at his game, like I said, he uh, has already added some really good weight this off season. I think he can get up to, you know, 280, even 290. Uh, so I do feel like he could spin down if needed. But they really like him as that bigger edge in the same mold as an Aiden Hutchinson and a Mike Morris. And I've kind of, from a Michigan com player comparison standpoint, I've seen him as more of a Mike Morris type just because I do feel like he does have the frame to, to carry that type of weight. Uh, he has good length. He's adequate when it comes to twitchiness. He's not overly twitchy, but he's twitchy enough. He's very athletic. He's a guy... Uh, that his high school coach told me he can, you know, 360 a dunk. You can see it on film as well when he plays some wide receiver and some tight end. Uh, he has good speed for his side. So he just checks a lot of boxes. I think Nichols is more of a high floor prospect, certainly more high floor than a fellow commit Devin Baxter, but he still has some ceiling to his game as well. I think a lot of that will just be dependent on how he grows in Michigan's strength and conditioning program, what body type he develops into. Um, and I think some of the motor inconsistencies also have to do with him playing a lot of offense. I'll be curious to see what he does once he focuses more on the defensive side of the ball. So he could have a monster senior year because his high school coach did tell me that they want to limit some of the things he does offensively. In the playoffs over five games, I believe he had nine sacks. In the regular season, he only had two sacks because he was going both ways the entire time. So when he's allowed to just play defense more so than offense. And like I said, just get after the quarterback. That's literally when he's at his best. So uh, I would say Michigan got its kind of next Mike Morris type in Dominic Nichols. And it's a good compliment with what they already have in Devin Baxter, who has a tremendous ceiling, albeit a low floor, but that ceiling is, is so sky high. So 
to quality lands out of Maryland. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, and that is Michigan's official visit weekend. Um, the Wolverines had a small group of targets on campus, some elite guys, though, uh, some unofficial visitors. But let's go ahead and start off with uh, the official visitors. Let's go with Gatlin Bear, top 100 wide receiver out of Idaho. Michigan is right up there in this recruitment after the OV. Zach, you had a chance to talk to Gatlin um, yesterday. Tell us a little bit about your conversation with Gatlin and where you think the Wolverines stand. Yeah, so I, I would assume that he had really high expectations for the visit going into it, right? Like he had at least several months of communication with the coaches, uh, whether it was Jay Harbaugh or Ron Bellamy, um, from either phone or them visiting his high school. Um, we all know that his high school coach right now used to coach Colson Loveland, so there's that connection. So he had a lot of knowledge without ever stepping foot on campus. So, again, he had a very high hopes that this official visit was going to um, exceed, you know, even surpass what he thought. And sure enough, it did, right? Like his family and him were just amazed by the facilities, uh, the campus, and really the people. I think the people really helped make the difference. Um, they got time with Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach. Um, that one is was extra special, I think, for Gallon, just because he wants to be a strength and conditioning coach in college. So learning the science and the analytics that Michigan's SNC program does, I think really impressed him quite a bit. Um, his player host was obviously Colston. Um, they did not really, I mean, they're acquaintances, but not to the extent in which they got close over the weekend. Um, he also spent time with Andrew Gentry. And as some, if people don't know, Andrew Gentry took a two-year mission trip and then Gallen Bear is expected to do the same upon graduation. In January, so Andrew was able to answer the questions that Gallen had, um, especially when he's done with his mission and getting back into football shape and the football side of things. And then, you know, meetings with Jerome Moore. Um, that was the first, the offensive coordinator. That was the first time that Gallen has ever talked to Moore. So they broke down the offense and his scheme fit and how Michigan runs there um, on that side of the ball. Uh, Jay Harbaugh went in depth on special teams and said that there is a high role for Gatlin on there, you know, immediately, whether it's like Gunner or Returner. Um, and then Bellamy, he was there pretty much the entire weekend, like right next to the the Bear family. And uh, Gatlin was really able to see the personality side of Bellamy as opposed to just a coach. And also he was able to spend time with guys like, you know, uh, Cornelius Johnson, the wide receivers. Um the other commits like Cole Sullivan, who was there, the linebacker from Pittsburgh, or Gerard Smith, uh, the defensive tackle commit from Connecticut. Like there was commits there, um, even some un unofficials who were able to be in the ear of Gatlin. So, um, you know, I think Michigan did in what it could to stay in that top spot. It's just a matter of what happens come beginning of August, right? Because there is a the start of fall camp for Idaho starts August seventh. So there's that week, that first week of August where Gallon wants to commit, and right before that is a week of unofficial visits. So you can't kids can come back to school right because that's when Michigan has their barbecue. Gallon is going to spend a multi day visit at Boise State, um, unofficial, but still Boise State's making a tremendous job and tremendous push of making him the whole town hero and letting him have that role of staying in state and representing his home state. So 
Again, I think Michigan did enough what it could, but I don't think we won't know a true leader until after that Boise State official, unofficial, and then we'll see where he's at, where his head is at afterwards. But again, um, for how many months he was told about how great Michigan was, um, his growing relationships, all the coaching staff, and then again, his connection with Colston, um, I think that all played into a big factor in making that weekend go as great as it did. So, um, yeah, I think, I th- again, I, I just don't think we won't know until the beginning of August in terms of who ultimately comes out on top. So, Again, I mean, Michigan has the resources, but Boise State has the proximity, so we'll see. Now, we do have a super chat from Noel Soto, and he says, uh, who is Weenie lying to, EJ? So on 300 offensive lineman, Michael Weenie is set to make his decision. At the end of the week, I have a prediction in for Michigan. Uh, A lot of other national uh, analysts have predictions in for Michigan as well, including our own Sam Spiegelman and Steve Wilfong over at 24-7. So Michigan 94.5 on the on-three recruiting prediction machine for Weenie. But uh, our Alabama and Georgia on-three sites have been reporting that this has now turned into an Alabama-Georgia official vi- or uh, recruiting battle after his official visits there this past week. So which one's true? Is Michigan still the leader or is it down to Alabama and Georgia? Now, I checked in with some around the Michigan program and I got no indication that I should change my prediction. So obviously one side of the coin is getting played. Either the SEC schools are or Michigan is. Like I said, I have no reason to change my prediction today. We are still three days away from the decision. So I'm sure we'll gather more information over the next 24 to 48 hours. But an interesting twists with Michael Weenie after his SEC official visits to Georgia and Alabama. A lot of optimism coming from those two programs after it appeared that Weenie would be a lock to end up in Michigan's class. Um, Going back to uh, the OV weekend recap, uh, just to give uh, some quick thoughts on Gatlin Bear uh, as well. Look, we haven't put in predictions for Bear. I know that's, you know, the case uh, at some other places, but it's a tight battle right now. Like Zach said, I don't think this recruitment is going to end until Gatlin makes that unofficial visit to Boise State in July. I do think that um, Michigan did extremely well on this official visit. Not only is Gatlin aiming to be a strength and conditioning coach, as Zach mentioned, his father is already a strength and conditioning coach. So that Ben Herbert presentation played a big role with him but I think something that needs to be mentioned is you know Michigan hasn't found a replacement since having Xavier Worthy entered the transfer portal they haven't had that type of game-changing speed I know Gatlin Bears technically a 2026 guy but he is the dude that would finally be that replacement he can be uh, super dynamic at Michigan and really change the way they do some things offensively. I think he's that missing weapon. Uh, Gatlin, unlike Nicholas Harbour, is not just a track guy. He's a real receiver that can get vertical, take the top off the defense, but also run routes. So I really think Gatlin, despite him going on a two-year mission, is one of the most important remaining targets out there right now. We do have a super chat from Bizzer, and he says, is Jim Harbaugh 
gonna let this dude JJ McCarthy cook. Um, I would say he is gonna let JJ McCarthy cook a little bit, and maybe that'll impress some more highly touted receivers like Bear. Thoughts that? Um, I know recruits have been saying that they're going to open up the passing game this season, so I expect that to happen week one. All right, shout out to Bizzer for getting in on the Super Chat. Remember, guys, if you want to join the discussion, click that donate button and uh, you'll get your question answered. All right, let's talk about some more official visitors uh, briefly. Let's talk a little bit about the cornerbacks. Zach, I'll throw it to you for Ryan Nichols out of Cincinnati. You've seen him, had a chance to go out there and meet with him. Uh, it appeared that Michigan was in a position to take the lead for Nichols, potentially become the leader on the on three recruiting prediction machine. That hasn't happened. How should Michigan fans be feeling about Nichols' recruitment? Yeah, I mean, he's keeping his cards close to his chest um, following the OV, but if there had to be a top three, it would be – the top three and the on three recruiting prediction machine. Um, if there was a top two, I think still think the on three recruiting prediction machine would be correct. Um, people I've talked to at Kentucky have said that they felt really good. They know that Michigan is a strong contender as well. Um, Penn state already has three cornerback commits and are really, really looking highly on Jameer Grimsley, who also officially visited Michigan this weekend. Um, but yeah, Darian is someone who uh, visited First time in March, got an offer in March from Steve Klingsale. Um, I went down there in April or like early May. And, you know, he, he said nothing but great things about Coach Klink. Um, his priority on the board um, was still a take, regardless if someone like Bryce West committed to Michigan or not, or whatever happens with Aaron Scott in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Michigan, I mean, Cincinnati is still a priority town for Klingsale. Uh, he has tremendous respect in the area. He's already helped land two commits this cycle and then two commits the previous cycle. And obviously, Elias Rudolph is set to commit on July 3rd with Michigan trending up. So, yeah, with our university is a really big powerhouse. And obviously, they have Chris Henry Jr., who's the freshman, uh, touted freshman who could be a five-star. So, plucking, you know, putting a stance in that school is going to make a big difference. And with Ryan, he's a bigger bodied, you know, five foot 11, uh, 185 pounds, uh, very stocky, a lot of muscle, um, moves really well laterally, um, really good in press man and off man. So yeah, this is someone that I think would be very, um, I think I've said this before. This is someone I think would really, uh, gel and succeed under the coaching style of clink scale, you know, very honest, very, brutal approach but yeah this is someone i think would you know raise the ceiling get to the next level but yeah i think we'll know pretty soon because i've heard rumblings that he could commit in the next couple of weeks so if i could pick a top two right now i think it's between kentucky and michigan and you know asking why kentucky um if michigan has a good stance then uh, cincinnati then kentucky has an even better one with vince marrow you know leading the way so uh, I think we'll find out more in the next week or so in terms of where Michigan truly stands and if they can grab another Cincy kid. Before we talk about Michigan's uh, next corner target, let's go ahead and throw it to Nick Costin, who said, what's with the Justin Scott smoke all of a sudden? So if you are a subscriber to the Wolverine.com, after Justin Scott official visit, I said, if this turns into a Midwest recruiting battle, Michigan will have just as good of a chance to beat Ohio State and Notre Dame and win this recruit. Now, a week after I said that, Justin Scott went to Miami 
took an official visit there and named Miami his leader. Miami is the leader on the on-three recruiting prediction machine. And the Hurricanes are obviously very NIL friendly. Not only that, it seems like Miami's recruiting class isn't shaping out as anticipated. So I've heard that Miami's going to be even more aggressive on the NIL front as the cycle continues. So this everything still holds true. Look, if this turns into a Midwest recruiting battle, if Justin Scott's family wins out because it seems like their preference is for him to stay closer to home, then I think Michigan's fully capable of beating Notre Dame and Ohio State. I think the Wolverines knocked it out of the park on the official visit. He has a great relationship with Mike Elston. He loves what Michigan can offer on and off the field. It is close to his mother. So I think Michigan checks a lot of boxes for him. I think, you know, of those three teams, like I said, I think Michigan's really capable of winning the battle. Um, I would not be surprised if Michigan wins out for Justin Scott if this stays a Midwest recruiting battle. But if it doesn't, you know, if Miami continues to be involved here, um, then I won't have as much optimism. I feel like with that, with what they do from an NIL standpoint is something that Michigan's not willing to do. So again, if it comes down to the schools closer to home, I really like Michigan's chances. If it doesn't come down, if, it, if Miami remains a factor over the next couple of months, then, you know, that, that becomes a tricky situation. Anything you want to add, Zach, so we can round out the uh, OV recap? Yeah, I just know that um, Miami defensive ends coach Jason Taylor and head coach Mario Cristobal are going to do everything in their power to land Justin Scott. So regardless if this ends up turning into a mid-rest recruiting battle, we're not going to stop talking about Miami. So um, take it for what it's worth. I don't know if Notre Dame has been miami yet. We have. <laughs> we saw it last cycle with Collins Antiopon. So, you know, if uh, if you're a beat writer out there and you haven't been miami yet, just wait because it sucks. So <laughs> I will never discount Miami in a recruitment uh, for as long as NIL is alive. You know, Miami could not even be involved until like the week of a decision. And then if they get involved, I'd still be cautious of them. So, you know, that goes, uh, you know, th that's the same for, uh, for Oregon and any other school that's being really NIL friendly right now. It's just really tough to uh, get a gauge on things when those schools are, are heavy players and being main leaders and such. But uh, again, we'll see if it turns into a Midwest battle. If it does, uh, again, I really like where Michigan stands. Let's go ahead and talk about a different cornerback. So Zach gave us a little recap of Tarion Nichols. I'm going to talk about Jameer Grimsley, top 100 corner out of the Tampa area. Uh, really like Grimsley, went out and saw him in Tampa this spring, 6'2", 185. Really good track times in the 10.7s in the 100 meter. Pretty much a, a similar skill set as Jair Hill, kind of that tall, uh, long kid that still has some room to add weight that, and, and like Jair ran in the 10 seven. So uh, I think they, they see a lot of Jair in Jameer right now the on three prediction machine doesn't even have Michigan listed, but Grimsley did tell me that Michigan has secured a spot in the top three uh, going into this visit. I think Michigan was out of the top three for Grimsley he is set to release that top three and make it public soon. So, again, he said Michigan 
would be on it. I think he is a guy that's open to leaving the Southeast, but it's still going to be tough to pull him from there. Florida State being the home state school and Alabama making a push. I mean, those are two tough ones uh, to beat out, but I think Michigan gave it its best shot. They did enough to get into the top three, and now Klingscale just has to keep working. So Grimsley had some positive things to say after the visit. I talked to his dad as well. That uh, interview just ran over on the Wolverine. But, yeah, I really uh, really think Michigan is now a dark horse here as they've ascended into that top three range. Sticking with the secondary, Michigan had another top 100 recruit on campus. Zaquan Patterson, teammate of 2025 Michigan commit, Chris Ewald wrote earlier today that Michigan has made things really interesting with, you guessed it, Miami. Miami is the hometown team. Uh, He is a Miami kid. Um, They've been considered the favorites for a long time. Uh, Obviously, again, they are the hometown team, so they're closer to home. They are NIL friendly. They are still pushing really hard for Zaquan. With that said... Michigan absolutely crushed it on this unofficial visit. They made him feel like part of the family. He participated in all the official visit activities. Uh, Steve Klinkscale's done a tremendous job of building a relationship with him. I thought Jim Harbaugh did a great job with his mother. Chris Ewald and his family were actively recruiting him throughout the entire visit as well. Again, this is a 50-50 battle. I mean, if Zaquan comes back, there's two scenarios I wrote about at the Wolverine. So Zaquan has said that He could take it into December. If he does that, he's likely to come back for an official visit for the game against Ohio State. He could also move his timeline up to August. That is a possibility. If he does that, there's a strong possibility he returns for the barbecue at the big house at the end of July. So either way, Michigan has a chance to continue to build on its momentum. Zach, I guess I pose you two questions. One, do you agree that this one could end up being a toss-up? And two, do you think there is a preference for Michigan on him making a decision in August or in December? Mm, I think the longer it goes, it's in Michigan's favor because he's taken how many visits to Miami so far? Like at least double digits, right? Probably could have committed if he wanted to takes this third visit to Michigan and Michigan vaults up to how it was. The more times he gets to go, the more he gets to, well, if he gets to go on an unofficial visit during the season, whether it's for a big game or one of the night games, I think that would really help seal the deal in terms of what Michigan can provide him. Um, I mean, Ewald saw it last fall and it didn't take him long to commit. It's the law. The longer Miami has to wait or any other school like Auburn or Ohio State or Georgia that he's mentioned that are on his top five, like Michigan can keep this dragging, not dragging on, but like prolonging this, you know, keep the communication going, have Clinksdale and Harbaugh keep the pressure on, you know, I think just having more time on campus on an unofficial visit at like at the big house for a game, possibly the Ohio State game and just letting him soak in everything that's available. I think that's just plays in Michigan's favor. Um, I am, I'm very, I'm very, I think, I think Michigan does very well in the long game. You know, I think they're very patient with recruits. They're very uh, methodical in how they gain relationships and everything. So again, yeah, it, if it goes into December, goes into November, 
um, I think it just plays in Michigan's favor. Yeah, I could see it either way. I mean, they have momentum now coming off this unofficial visit. If they get him back for the barbecue at the big house and he doesn't go to Miami that, that weekend, that's another big win for Michigan. But either way, I think the Wolverines have done a tremendous job here. Uh, as you see, Miami, the 93.3% leader on the on recruiting prediction machine, Michigan, uh, really, really impressed this weekend and has a chance to close that gap by quite a, a large margin. So last big visitor we want to talk about uh, that came in this weekend was another unofficial visitor. Uh, and I'll quickly give uh, a rundown there since we're running out of time. But that is four-star edge Jacob Smith, brother of Michigan commit Rod Smith. Uh, a lot of buzz that Michigan could maybe close this weekend. Obviously, that didn't happen. I think the big thing with Jacob is he wants to make his own decision, right? He doesn't want to just follow Gerard to Michigan or just commit to Michigan because Gerard is committed. He wants to come to his own conclusion on his own time. And Michigan's completely fine with that. Instead of saying, well, commit now, you know, we, we only have so many spots left on the edge board. Michigan said, you know what? Come to your own decision and let us know because you'll have a spot here. And I think that was the right approach. Um, I think Nebraska is the school that's the biggest threat right now, and they're selling him on being part of that great rebuild under Matt Rule. But at the end of the day, Michigan's edge production speaks for itself. Uh, he has an opportunity to play with his twin sibling. So I think at the end of the day, Jacob knows that uh, Michigan's also the best fit for him. He just has to come to that own realization. And so that's kind of just uh, the waiting game right now with Smith. But I don't think Michigan – uh, we'll have to wait too much longer for a decision. Uh, I feel like that could come here in the next month or so. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic before we do. And I didn't even realize we already hit the half hour mark. So we're over time. Uh, but I definitely need to give a shout out to our Tuesday uh, recruiting podcast sponsor. And that is Lewis Jewelers. Um Simple question, guys. Have you taken care of a gift for that special woman in your life? If the answer is no, this is great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. And definitely great news for me because my wife's birthday is next week and I have yet to get her a gift. Um, but it's it's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors, finding that perfect diamond. Stop by today, guys, and take care of uh, the wives, mothers, and grandmothers in your lives if you don't have a special woman in your life and just get yourself a gift, you know, take care of yourself, get that cool dog tag with the block M that's in the banner below by going over to Lewis Jewelers, uh, which is located at 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or going online to lewisjewelers.com. It's your diamond store and so much more since 1921. All right, tomorrow, Jeremiah Beasley makes his decision. If you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, subscribe to it. It's completely free. Zach Libby will be live streaming the Jeremiah Beasley ceremony. All right, since we're over time, Zach, give me one or two sentences with your prediction for this recruitment. Uh, yeah, him pushing it back from March, his commitment from March to June helped Michigan, and then the arrival of Chris Partridge on staff helped even more. Uh, multiple visits on campus this spring. Uh, the on three recruiting prediction machine reflects the momentum that Michigan got this spring. Uh, yeah, he's committing in front of, you know, sound, he's committing in front of sound mind, sound body, his lifelong uh, training exposure, 
and uh, recruiting exposure and training academy. So, yeah, it's going to be a special moment. I think Michigan pulls out. I have a prediction in for Michigan. Both Zach and I put in our predictions back in April. Feeling really good about my pick for the Wolverines. Yes, he has a half-brother that plays at Michigan State in Malik Carr. But I don't think that the family connection or Mel Tucker's slingshot will be enough to win him over. He's, uh, like you said, visited Michigan so many times. He made a couple of secret visits this spring. He was back on campus for his OV for Victor's weekend where he got a feel around the commits. And uh, I think he gelled really well with them. I think he's gelled really well with uh, new linebackers coach Chris Partridge. He has a longstanding relationship with Steve Klingscale, you know, is from the same organization that Zach mentioned, Sound Mind, Sound Body, that produced Will Johnson and disciple Jacob Odin, who is his uh, lifelong friend. So, yeah, all signs pointing to Michigan. Should be a good day tomorrow, uh, barring any type of upset. Uh, but Michigan appears to be that leader there. So tune in to our YouTube channel tomorrow for a live stream of the Jeremiah Beasley commitment. Make sure to like this video, get us in front of other Michigan fans. Because of Beasley's commitment tomorrow, we will not be having the Wednesday Q&A show. So if you're here at 7 p.m. expecting to talk to me, you will not be getting me. You will be getting Zach Libby at the Jeremiah Beasley uh, ceremony, which is much more important. And uh, for online coverage, of the Jeremiah Beasley commitment, make sure to subscribe to the Wolverine.com today for $99 for one year. All right, guys, have a great Tuesday night.